Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Today we're going to be diving into what does it mean to be a church that is learning. But first, uh, before we get into the meat uh, of the sermon, I just want to kind of recap where we have, have been. Um, loving, learning, leading is our uh, mission statement as a church. Uh, we want to be a church that uh, loves God and others, that is learning all Christ taught, and is leading others to Jesus. And these three words come from the great commandment and the great commission that we find in the Gospels. Uh, the great commandment uh, was a... Uh, uh, a young lawyer comes to, to Jesus and says, you know, how, you know how, how can you sum up all the, the law and the prophets? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your soul. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And so we see, and we talked about this last week, that, that Jesus links these two commands that we find in the Old Testament to love God and love others. And we saw that we cannot do one without doing the other. So we want to be a church that is loving God and loving others. And through fulfilling that, we can be lights into the darkness. We can actually continue the work that Jesus began when he came uh, to this earth, became a man, and inaugurated this kingdom. We get the, the honor of continuing that work to, to bring light into the darkness. And we can do that by loving God and loving others. And then the, the learning and leading comes from the, the Great Commission. Um, and after Jesus' resurrection, he says, uh, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so next week, we're going to talk about this go, right? He says, go and make disciples, right? And baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's where we get the leading from. But the learning, right? And this uh, is implied here because if we are going to go out and make disciples, if we are going to go out and teach people everything that Christ taught us, well, we should probably know what Christ taught us, right? And so we need to do this step of learning, being a church that is learning all that Christ has taught. And through doing that, we are going to be able to fulfill the call that God has on us to be lights in this dark world, in a, to be hope in a world that is longing for hope. And according to Matthew, a person, the author of the... Uh, Book, the Gospel of Matthew. According to Matthew, a person becomes a disciple of Jesus in this post-Easter world by being taught to obey what Jesus commanded us. And we can see this throughout the, the Gospel, that, that Jesus uh, calls his disciples, and then he goes into action. He starts healing and casting out demons, and then he, he goes into these long teaching discourses, then heals some more, and we see him bringing these disciples along and teaching them, and then releasing them, right? And so we also want to step into this process of learning all Christ taught. And last week, right, we, like I said, we talked about loving God and loving others. 
and that that sums up the, the law and the prophets, that that is what we are called to be as Christ followers, right? And like, all right, that's good. But discipleship or learning what Christ taught, it helps us to apply those things into every aspect of our lives. Right? How do we love God and love others as a, as a dad or as a mom? How do we love God and love others in the workplace? Right? How do we love God and others in the community or in the church right? or in anything that we do? And that is the discipleship process, right? learning how to apply that stuff into our daily lives. And in the, the Great Commission, we are commanded to go out. And, so, and to do that, we, we are ordered to go out and make disciples, Right? And, but in order to do that, we first have to be disciples. And when I got saved, um, about a little over 20 years ago, at Redemption Christian Assembly, which then later on became New Day Community Church, which is now New Day, well, is this. And, uh, sorry, uh, so I got saved a little over 20 years ago, and I... As soon as I got saved, Pastor Ken, who was the senior pastor, immediately drew me into uh, discipleship. Right? And immediately we started going what everybody at the church called GWIGS. And, and GWIGS was, it stood for Growing Up in God, Growing Up in God, the GWIGS. And there was about 7,000 lessons um, in, in, in Pastor Ken's discipleship program. So it took a long, that's an exaggeration, but it took a long time to get through it. But it was really, really good. Right? But immediately upon getting saved, I was immediately in this discipleship process. And I was uh, in, in a class in school, uh, I guess it was last semester, and our professor just challenged us to, you know, what is your, you know, if you were, you're a pastor and you're, you're leading a church, what is your discipleship process? What is your plan? If people come up and get saved, what is, is your plan? Right? And in encouraging us to take, uh, as leadership, taking responsibility for these people that are starting out this life uh, of God, of running after God, right? Because if we just get out, let people get, people get saved, we're great, we celebrate them, but then we're busy, we want to watch CSI or what have you, you know, um, we, you know, we, who knows what's going to happen to them, they just kind of wander about and, uh, it's, a diffi- it's difficult to walk this life out, right? this Christian walk out, if we're left to our own devices. For me, I needed to get together with Pastor Ken weekly because uh, George and I were talking th- this morning uh, you know, that we do midweek things and we pursue God in, in, uh, in relationships because we leak. Right? We leak throughout, throughout the week and, and we need to step back and be reminded about what God is doing and that we uh, are, can be purposeful and we can uh, pursue God and run after him with all we, all we have. Right? Because in the midst of the week, we can get distracted and work gets busy and there's difficulties and we get, you know, and just kind of, God kind of can start to fade away a little bit. But we want to uh, be constantly learning all God had, Christ had taught us so that we can run faithfully this path that he has called us to follow. All right, and so that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about discipleship and the importance of being in discipleship relationships. All right, and in my uh, experience, there's been three things that have been significant for me as I have grown to, to learn all that Christ has taught. And we're going to look at those three things 
this morning. We're going to look at the, the Word of God, the significance of, of the Bible in our discipleship process. We're going to look at the, Holy, the significance of the Holy Spirit in our discipleship process. And we're going to look at the significance of other people in our discipleship process. Okay? So pretty simple. Three points today. That should be easy. All right, so the Bible. Um, I just got this book. When I was starting the, the series, I started uh, going through a discipleship process with uh, a, a young man in, in the church, and it's been really fun. And so I got this book, this Discipleship Essentials book, because I took seriously this call um, from my professor that, you know, are you discipling the people in your church, these people that, that are getting saved? Um, and so this young man uh, got saved a few weeks back, and, and, and he doesn't have anybody to disciple him. And so I'm like, well, I can't just let him float around, right? And so I took him uh, under my wing, so to speak, I guess. And, and it's been really, really fun. And then meeting with another young man uh, here in Vandalia, uh, going through this. And it's been a great book, and just walking through this discipleship process. But in the beginning of this book by Greg Ogden called Discipleship Essentials, he says this, uh, talking about the Word of God. We are not interested in stowing away truth as if we were simply trying to acquire more knowledge. Okay. The object of Bible study is to encounter reality and then through God's power bring our lives in line with it. I thought that was really, really good. Let me read that again. We are not interested in stowing away truth as if we were simply trying to acquire more knowledge. The object of Bible study is to encounter reality and then through God's power bring our lives in line with it. Right? And so it's not just another book. And I read a lot of books, right? Um, and, but the Bible is different. It is the, it is the revelation of God. And it is through pressing into this book, this scripture, that we are changed. We don't want to just read it and put it down, but we want it to get inside of us. We want to encounter the reality of God as we dive into the scriptures. And whatever we learn there, we want to bring our lives in line with it. We need to learn to subordinate our feelings and our emotions and our beliefs to the reality shown in, in the Bible. And then 2 Timothy Chapter 3, uh, 16, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And so we see here that it says that the, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Right? And that means that it was inspired by God. We know that the humans... Uh, wrote this book, and we know that humans have trans, uh, what's the right word? transmitted this book through thousands of years to us, but it was inspired and it was uh, breathed out by God. Right? And this, in this reality that the, the Bible is inspired and breathed out by God means that it is important. Right? It is, it is the, the inspiration uh, of God is what gives Scripture its authority. You know, and we view these texts as the very words of God written for you and for me. Right? We can know some things about God by just encountering nature. And in, in last, last month when Cameron uh, was talking about the pathways, right, he talked about the, uh, is it the nature pathway? Is that the one? And you know, that people encounter God in nature. 
right? And it is so powerful and so significant, and I encourage you, if that is you and that's how you encounter God, that you should do it. But without the, the revelation of Scripture, we can go out there and we can look at nature and we can go, man, whoever, you know, it seems to me, it only makes sense that somehow somebody, something created this. Something, you know, that is transcendent. Some, somebody that uh, has a, a good plan and has order. You know, and we can learn some aspects about God. We can say, he is awesome. But without the scripture, you know, a tree can't tell us how to get close to God. Right? It is the, it is the Bible that tells us what God requires of us and what he wants us and expects us to do so that we can draw close to him. Good news, it's grace. It's grace through faith, right? And he doesn't have this big list of rules that we have to accomplish to get close to him. That's an aside. Um, grace, 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 grace. Um, but we, through the Bible, we understand how to draw close to God, and we are grateful for this special revelation, the Word of God to us. But this also says that the Word of God is profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for correction. Right? And so that means that this, is, um, that this word of God is practical for us. Right? It's not just kind of these esoteric and, and mystical teachings of this transcendent God, but these are showing us how we can actually live our lives and how we can actually enter into the fullness of life and how we can enter into just the, the peace and the assurance of God and how we can fulfill the good works that God has called us to do. And so the, the Bible is a significant part of our discipleship process. And like I mentioned before, I don't want to, to land too softly on this. Because the scripture is God-breathed, because it is inspired by God, it is authoritative, and human words and human thoughts and our ideas are not, we must always lay down our words and our thoughts and our ideas to the revelation of scripture, Right? If something is in our mind, if we read something, if we think something, if we experience something, and it does not line up with what Scripture teaches, it is not from God. Right? And we need to line ourselves up with that and use the Scripture as the foundation, our primary tool in discipleship. And, and for me, the, uh, it, was, man, it was probably five years ago, I really got serious about reading my Bible every single day. And so I started reading through the Bible chronologically, right? And, and you can read like three chapters a day and you get through it in, in a year. And that was really great because you kind of get the whole overarching story uh, of Scripture and you can find where like the prophets, uh, you know, Jeremiah and Malachi, you know, where do these guys fall in the chronological order? So it was, it was good for that. But what I found was that many mornings I, I would get up, and for me, what I've learned is if I don't read the Bible first thing in the morning, it is not going to happen. That's just, that's my reality. And so I've learned that I just have to do it, right? Jump in. And so I'll get up early, and I'll sit there and uh, read my, the three chapters or whatever, and maybe pray a little bit. And many mornings, it felt like it didn't seem like there was anything happening. It didn't seem like God didn't show up in a blinding light, you know, and, and knock me out of my chair. Uh, you know, and I just read it. But what I saw in this, in this uh, time frame, as I was consistently reading my Bible every day, that the, there is this, um, there is a, what do, you, what do you call it? What's the right word? Um, just like kind of a, 
a consistent sin that I was never able to fully overcome, right? And it's like you're fighting against it, and it seems like it just kind of keeps popping back up. But in this process of seeking God every single day, just reading his word every day, like these, this besetting sin, I don't know if that's the right word, this, uh, it just it evaporated. It, and, it is, and, then, uh, and it went away. And then I went through a season, I was really busy, and stopped reading the Bible for a little bit, and this thing came back. All right, and and so in my experience, getting into the Word of God, it doesn't make God love me more. It doesn't make me, you know, more saved than I was before. But it's this conduit of grace into my life, right? That allows me to move in God's direction first thing in the morning. In the in that in that consistently doing it day in and day out, the momentum of my, my life moving towards God is significant in that it, uh, it, I'm able to, to live more at peace and more joy and more victoriously than I would ever be able to if I didn't have that consistent time with God in my life. Right? And so I encourage anybody who's struggling with something, whether it's a sin or it's it's doubt or fear or worry, I just encourage you to to jump into the Word, right? And I I would even say maybe it doesn't matter, you know, what you read, but just come up with a plan and just dive in and just read it day in and and day out and allow the grace of God just to flood your heart and see what, what God does in that time. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, the Bible the first pillar of our, our discipleship program. Uh, the Holy Spirit is number two. The, the, Holy, well, the Holy Spirit is, is our second point. The Holy Spirit is our second point. The Holy Spirit is vital. <laughs> Thank you, Shelton. Is vital to, to following God. Right? We are called to be filled and to be led by the Spirit. Paul in Ephesians uh, Ephesians 5 says, don't be drunk with wine, but be continually filled with the Spirit. This is, uh, you know, in every single day being filled with the Spirit. John 14, 26 and 27 uh, says that the Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us, oh, there it is, um, of what we have learned about God. All right, we see uh, that John continues that the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin. Right? And that one's maybe not as fun as having the Holy Spirit come and, and teach us and remind us all that, that God has taught, but it's so important that, that the Holy Spirit uh, will speak to us and, and reveal areas of our lives that are, are, are sinful or that are uh, not lined up with the reality that, that God has for us. Right, And so the Holy Spirit uh, works in that way. The Holy Spirit is also our guide uh, directing us and, and guiding us, leading us towards Jesus. And the Holy Spirit never, ever, ever, ever contradicts the Bible. That is, that is important. All right? um, and so one of the things that I think is significant is this idea of the, the Holy Spirit bringing conviction uh, of sin. Right? He works through our consciences to make us aware of sin in our lives. And when I got saved, I don't know if I told, I apologize, I've got like three stories that I cycle through. Um, but when I was in high school, I was in a band called Social Blunder. Did I tell this story already? So it was a great, we were great. Uh, we were, everybody heard of Green Day? Green Day? All right, we, like that, they were kind of our heroes. <laughs> and I had long hair. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, and we were one time we played at this place. There was it was a three piece. There was a drummer, Jeff. Uh, the bass guitar player singer was Mark Morey, and I was the guitar player, Mark Morris. And so we were at the, we played this show at Club Soda. And afterwards, we're, we're sitting, we're sitting around, and this guy comes up to us, and he, he's going on, he's like, your drummer is so amazing, and that bass player is so great, and your drummer did this, and your bass player did this, and, and I'm like, and? And, come on, what, what about that? Guitar player was adequate, right? <laughs> um, I didn't come up. But we were great. That, um, uh, we, we, were, we, were, we were having so much fun. We were just this pop punk band, and we were starting to play some shows. But I, and I got saved, and so I was a Christian, and I was still playing in, in Social Blunder. And it, as, we, as I was kind of walking along this path of following Jesus, like, Periodically, I would just say something in practice, like, I just don't want to sing that song anymore. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, and, and it got to the point where it was like, no, I don't want to sing that song. I don't want to sing that song. I don't want to play that show. I don't want to do that. And eventually it got to the point, right, where I just had to leave the band, right? Not because it was necessarily, it's sinful to be in a, a secular rock and roll band, but it was leading me in the wrong direction. Right? And the Holy Spirit was guiding me and, and directing me and just kind of whispering to me, like, hey, maybe this isn't the best thing for you right now. Right? And I could have easily just kind of shut that down and just go, you know what, this isn't, this is, there's not, not doing anything wrong, everything's fine, and just continued on doing it. But I think because of that, you know, I listened to that and I, I quit Social Blunder, I started playing on the worship team at, at New Day, and it was in that the, the relationships of being on the worship team and serving at the church that I just got ground in to, uh, that doesn't sound good, I, uh, what would be a better word? I'm grafted, I like that, Israelite. Uh, you know, just kind of grafted in to, to the church and just, it was, I was kind of founded, uh, solidly planted there, right? And, uh, and I think it was because that's what the Holy Spirit was, was leading me to. He was convicting me uh, uh, of this thing that was leading me away from God. You, know, you could also say that you know that the Holy Spirit was guiding me, right? Like um, a few years ago, I was working at Fox Brothers, didn't love it, and I just didn't. I was just I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't have any skills. I don't have any uh, any other you know, abilities to go and do another job. What am I going to do? And I just sought God, and he guided me and, you know, eventually brought me into connection with some people that led me to, to, to Cornerstone and to Grand Rapids Theological Seminary. It just guided me to that place that has brought so much fulfillment in my heart. And I believe that it's because I was willing to subordinate my will and my thoughts and my ideas and just go, God, what do you want to do? And the Holy Spirit spoke and, and guided me in that. Um, and here at New Day, we believe that God is still speaking, right? We teach about you know, hearing God's voice, and the Rhema team has been trained to hear God's voice for other people. And so we believe that, you know, we can step into and we can learn to, uh, to hear what, what God is saying and what the Holy Spirit is revealing in, in the moment, right? But we also believe that the Holy Spirit would never, never, ever, ever contradict the Bible, right? And so that is why when we uh, allow people to be on, on the prayer team or on, on the rhema team, that we, uh, that we know that they 
uh, have a, a solid, growing grasp of, of the Word of God. Right? Because everything that we say, everything that the Holy Spirit says, will line up with the Scripture. I'm kind of... I've said that like three times today, but I just think it's important. So just bear with me. Um, uh, yes. And so I believe that tapping into the Holy Spirit is going to be vital. It's vitally important uh, if we are going to be a church that is learning all Christ taught, right? Because the, the Holy Spirit will bring us, bring to memory and remind us of all those things that, that Jesus said. All right, so the Holy Spirit is the second... Uh, significant piece of, of discipleship here at New Day. And finally, the third piece is the significance of, of other people. Right? We see it throughout the Bible that Joshua was discipled by Moses, right? and, and David discipled his kids, um, and Solomon wrote the, most of the, the Proverbs, which were you know, these sayings of wisdom that he was passing on to his children. We see Jesus uh, discipling the disciples, right? And Paul discipled Timothy, and now we are commanded to go and, and make disciples. And like I said, to make disciples, we first have to be disciples. Right? And I just think that there's something, I just, with, as I was preparing this, I just love this idea that, that Jesus raised up disciples, you know, and then released those disciples, and they made disciples, and those disciples made disciples, and those disciples made disciples, and now here we are, you know, on the, the other end of this direct line of discipleship from Jesus to us, right? And so that is Jesus' plan, his program for extending the kingdom, for teaching people what God has to say to them, is the discipleship process. And so we uh, get to step into uh, those discipleship relationships and continue this flow throughout uh, this age until Jesus comes back. Um, and we, it's, I think it's really important uh, to have people in our lives that are, that are discipling us, right? We can't always be the disciplers. We need people that are discipling us. And as I mentioned early in my faith, Pastor Ken uh, met with me and taught me one-on-one -on -one in the Bible, and he taught me uh, to, to be a worship leader. And I just spent uh, a lot of time, and there's one time, this is not in my notes, there's one time I was uh, hanging out with Pastor Ken, and I told him, this is before I said I'm never going to be a pastor, I went to Pastor Ken, and I was like, I want, I want to be, be a pastor, you know, I want to I go into full-time ministry, he's like, that's great, I need somebody to rake the leaves in, the, in my backyard, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't get it, I was like, well, this doesn't, shouldn't we be studying the Bible or something? Um, but I think, what he, I think his point was that, uh, that leaders need to be willing and uh, ready to serve. And uh, so, yeah, anyway. So if anybody wants me to disciple them, I've got a list of projects um, that I would love to, to give to you. Um, and so Pastor Ken uh, discipled me, and then Scott Jones, uh, who's the pastor of South Carolina, uh, New Day Now, he brought me in, invited me to his men's group, and we just met and we talked, and I was just able to, you know, share where I was and just able to walk through life with him, you know, and I, I saw him as kind of this, um, this pillar of the church who knew everything, and uh, in reality, he was saved about three days before me, but hey, you know, three days can be significant. 
Um, and so it was great, and he held me accountable. It was a really important relationship. And then a, a few years ago, um, man, five, six, seven years ago, it was Seth Gerber who spoke powerfully in, into my life and walked with me through a really formative time in, in my walk with Christ. And, it, and I just appreciate all that he did for me. It was so amazing. And now I have Pastor Cameron. And what, a, what an amazing blessing that I have, that, that he is discipling me and he answers my questions and, and he pushes me and encourages me, actually pushes me to do more than I think I could possibly do. You know, and it's been so significant in my life. And then on Tuesday mornings, get this, I get up at 6 a.m. Is anybody else up at 6 a.m.? Just kidding. Just kidding. Everybody, everybody else is up at 6 a.m. Well, it's a stretch for me, okay? And so I get up at 6 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, and I meet with, with Bill Menser, and we just get together, and, and, we, and we just talk, and I can share. You know, we're just, just really open and go, hey, this is where I'm at, you know, and this is what's difficult right now, and this is what I'm struggling with. And we just pray together, and we hold each other accountable. And it's, it's that that has helped me to go further faster than I ever could on my own, right? We are not called to be lone rangers, right? We're not called to be just individuals walking after Christ uh, in this life, but we're called into community, right? And I think that if we are transparent and teachable and submitted to those who God brings into our lives, then we are able to get so much further, so much faster, and do so much more for, for the kingdom of God and, and step more quickly and fully into this abundant life that God has for us. It is amazingly important. And so I just encourage everybody to have somebody in, in their life that they can be open and transparent with and that they can talk to about real stuff that's going on in their lives. And finally, as a tag to my other, other people, uh, the significance of the church in our discipleship process. Um, Hebrews 10 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Right? And so the discipleship, as, as the church comes around us and we grow together as we look forward to Christ's return, Right? When we come together as the body of Christ, we are discipling each other. We're spurring one another on. Right? Uh, where does it say, you know, iron sharpens iron? Right? And we, we come together and we, uh, we are able to love and encourage people. I, I love the, the, the teachings uh, of Paul and just looking at all of the one another's. Right? He's talking about know, love one another and greet one another with a holy kiss. But we don't have to do that one. But there's, uh, uh, what else do you say? Spur one another on, and all the one another's, encourage and love and, and uh, take care of one another, right? All these one another's that we are called to come into a community and we push each other towards God, running after God. And for me, I absolutely needed the church when I got saved, I needed the community. Right? I needed them to remind me of what I was doing and where we were heading. Right? And, and getting plugged into the church, whether it was on the worship team, and I spent you know, a lot of time on the cleaning team. And one of my favorite things in the cleaning team in the, in the old church was ridding the church of bats. And that was, that was fun. 
So that's where I learned that you use tennis rackets. And uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, anyway, and so, but there is, because I was part of the church and because I was, uh, had responsibilities, I was expected to be there. There was never a Sunday and there's never a, a Wednesday that it was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to go to church. It's because I had responsibilities. I knew I was going to let somebody down if I wasn't there. And for me, especially in those early years, I needed the reminder that hey, we're moving towards something and God is moving in your life and you can hold on to this. And, and later as I, I matured, you know, I didn't have to be in the actual church 24-7 to, to remember Jesus. But in those early days, it was really significant for me. And I needed to be challenged. That's one thing about the church is that you get challenged by other people's points of view. Right? We're all walking this life together. We're all trying to encounter God and know God the best we can. And if we were on our own, you, and we could easily kind of get misled right? and kind of fall off the deep end. But we come together and we hear other people's points of view and other people's opinions, and it helps us as a community to run after God together. All right? And so we need all three of these things. We need the Bible. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need other people. Uh, you know, leaving anyone out, I think, is dangerous, right? If you uh, are Bible only, I, I know uh, some people that are that kind of aren't super. You know, they're just like the Word of God, and and that's all they they care about, right? And um, they can tend to get legalistic, right? And uh, you know, and and trying to to work their their way towards God. Right, if they leave out the, the role of the, the Holy Spirit in their lives. And then I know people that are more excited about what the Holy Spirit is saying and they leave the Bible out. Those people just get wacky. They get wacky real fast. Right? And uh, we need other people in our lives uh, to, to, to encourage us and to walk with us. And so I just encourage each one of you guys to evaluate yourselves in these three areas. You know, am I reading my Bible? You know, am I inviting the Holy Spirit to fulfill his role in my discipleship process? And do I have other people in my life that I can submit to and be transparent with? And if you do these things, you will be part of this church. Well, you will be regardless, but we'll be a part of this church that is learning all that Christ had taught and learning to apply it in our community so that we can be a church that is making a difference, that is continuing to be light and salt into a, a world uh, of darkness. Amen? Amen. Can you stand with me and we'll just close in prayer.